Welcome to the Group Home Riches Podcast. If you have the desire to be your own boss, create your own schedule, and become financially free while at the same time helping people in need, then you've come to the right place. At GroupHomeRiches.com, we teach people exactly like yourself how to get started in the group home business, and on this podcast, you're going to hear their stories firsthand. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Group Home Riches podcast. On today's episode, we have one of our personal coaching clients on the call. We just kind of completed what we call the Done For You program with her. She is rocking and rolling, and I'm excited for you guys to hear her story. So, Leah, welcome. Thank you. We also have the man behind the whole thing, <laughs> the gentleman that started Group Home Riches, the creator and founder of everything. Andy, welcome as well. Hey, Brandon. Thanks, man. Leah, kind of before we get into the nitty gritty and you know answer your questions that you had, why don't you first tell the folks out there, well, one, give an introduction and also what made you like even look into this in the first place. You know, why did you find us? It's you typically nothing that people stumble on. So what made you want to do this stuff in the first place? So my friend and I, we were considering opening a residential care home for, I want to say like three years, we've been going back and forth with, oh, we think we want to do this. How should we go about doing something like this? A lot of different ways you know, doing things we found on the internet. But just coincidentally, I guess I found Group Home Riches and it was the most affordable course that you can purchase. So I said, okay, I had registered us and we started a senior concierge service. And when I found Group Home Riches, I purchased the course and it was affordable. Everything was there. The information was there. The Facebook group was there. And I want to say, you know, I told my friend, well, I think we can do this. And then by a couple months later, we actually went down south looking for a property that we knew someone else actually had and was going to try to see if we would rent from them. It didn't work out. But on our way back, driving from down south up to New Jersey, we met with Johnny, who had a group that he was meeting with because he happened to be in North Carolina and we were in South Carolina. So we stopped, joined in at the meeting and that kind of like pushed us to say, okay, yeah, let's find a place. And driving up that same weekend to come back to New Jersey, we found a place and they rented, they allowed us to rent from them in New Jersey. And that started our first group home. <laughs> Beautiful. So let's rewind a little bit. When okay. did you first stumble on us and our content? I want to say it was about June of 2021. Okay. So almost uh, roughly like two years ago. Okay. Excellent. What were you doing before that? What was your professional background? Professional background is nursing. And I also have a dance school, nonprofit dance school. Oh, cool. So obviously probably have the caretaker personality, like helping people. What kind of sparked you? What initially was like, man, I got to start looking into, you know, residential assisted living facilities or what kind of sparked the idea to do that? Right. So as you know, working on a floor at a nursing home, there's, you get so many patients and it's so hard to pretty much give that one-on-one -on -one care or just be able to have certain conversations with the patients or even their families because you're pushed at a deadline. You got to work from seven to three or seven, but either way, it's like breakfast meds, afternoon meds, and you know, just, it's a schedule there and it's hard to pretty much just be able to offer a certain care that I would want for my own loved one to have. That was one of my first thoughts. And then two, just trying to, you know, work a little less and make some money <laughs> to provide for my family. But definitely I, I do care about people genuinely. And then knowing how much people pay to just have a place to bring their loved one that is would offer what it is that I would like to give. So that was like what sparked it. 
I think that's pretty common on what we see is folks that kind of have that personality where they want to help people. They usually end up doing a job like that. Those jobs don't typically pay the most amount. And then they see, you know what? I could kind of run a business like this. We still help a ton of people. And, you know, the financial benefits can be, you know, pretty, you know, it's uncapped. The, mm-hmm. the financial stuff is, we could go a lot bigger than what you're doing now. We'll kind of get into that. <laughs> so where are you physically located? I'm physically in New Jersey at the moment. And the property or properties? So the first one we had is in New Jersey. And now through the Done For You program, I have two properties in Charlotte, North Carolina. Let's go. (laughs) Excellent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So let's kind of rewind because you skimmed over it, but it's something that a lot of folks kind of struggle with. So you rented your first property. What was that process like, you know, working with a landlord? How did you even get into that deal? So just fortunate enough to find a place that was reasonable, a four bedroom, two bathroom, living room, dining room, kitchen area, 1800. And just, I reached out to them and I said, I want to, I want this apartment. It's actually maybe like less than 10 minutes away from my home address. So it's just so easy to go back and forth to the house and do what I need to do. But just when I reached out to the owner, I told them that I would like to rent from you. I have an adult care business. I'm looking to expand and I guarantee you that I'll pay on time. You won't have to worry about anything. And they, from there, I think I met, it wasn't the owner that I met with originally. It was a realtor. Mm-hmm. And then for, with the realtor, then he said, okay, well, the owner is interested in um, meeting with you. I met with him, you know, got dressed up <laughs> 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 and then he said, okay, I'll get back to you. And then they got back to me, signed. I want to say, let me see, it was like June, July, August, September, October, November, like within four months after having the gold course, we signed a lease and yeah, that's how it happened. Beautiful. Was, was there a lot of negotiation that needed to go with that? Were they given, did they have a lot of questions about the business or did you just kind of stumble on someone that just kind of liked you and just wanted to get paid on time? Right. Just pretty much someone who like me want to get paid on time and just wanted to guarantee that I guess that they were going to get be guaranteed that they were going to get their payment. And it was helpful, though, with the Facebook group, because I was able to get like information on how everyone else did certain things, like how their screening process was or, you know, Johnny was helpful as well. I'm sorry to keep bringing him up, but he really no, was. Bring him up. <laughs> he, he really was helpful. He has sent me like his lease agreement. And then I was able to alter that and use that. And then I had set up like a Google form. So anyone who said that they was interested in renting a room or shared living, I send them that form and then I would screen that way and interview with them to let them know, like, you know, this is the shared space, shared living. Would you be interested in this? Making sure that everyone is working. (laughs) I don't allow drugs, alcohol, anything like that on um, the property. So they'd have to be okay with the house rules as well. Exactly. And just for the folks listening out there, what happens if someone does break those rules? Well, I warned them at first. (laughs) And the next step is for them to, they have to leave. So there's no, you know, six to 12 month eviction process or what's that like? No, um, (laughs) it's pretty much they'll get a warning. And if they're not willing to go along with that, then we just fax. We actually had one person leave the New Jersey house. And then she tried to say that she threw the COVID I don't know if I should be safe, but she threw like the COVID law at me. And I said, well, this doesn't necessarily apply to you. Like during that time, she was saying that because of COVID, she couldn't be evicted. And I'm like, Mm. well, you're not on the lease. You know, you need to have an agreement. So with that, she did leave. Oh, yeah. So this is one of those advantages compared to like the typical landlord buy and hold model 
which we have an experienced group home owner as well as a landlord on the call. <laughs> Andy, do you yep, kind of yep. want to break that down, like the differences and kind of what did you go through during COVID compared with your rentals? Yeah, I mean, really the rentals, most of them were pretty good, but you know, I've got stuff that I've had for a long time. And for periodically, you know, you get busy, you make bad decisions, you move in the wrong type of people. So what happened with me was I had moved in, you know, some people, they didn't really pay the rent on time. They wound up getting roommates and those roommates did not pay their rent. And when my, you know, tenant actually left, I had somebody living in my property. I mean, you know, we're on, yes, we're in Texas, but depending on the jurisdiction that you're in or the city that you're in, the very liberal cities, it's tough to get rid of people. So I actually had probably three of them that were pretty difficult and those were all rentals. And one of them, I think I paid the couple of ladies that more or less had snuck in there. I think I paid them about ten or $11,000 to leave. And that was after about four or five months. It was crazy. Oh, wow. That was real tough. But with the group homes, I didn't have any issues at all. None. And why? Mm-hmm. And we did have people that were playing games, probably like you did, Leah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but look, the reality is none of those COVID laws applied to people that were living in transitional homes. Right. And the CDC, you know, memorandum said as much. It said that. So we didn't deal with any issues. Yeah. And the 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 main difference is just kind of the legalese on this. So when you're renting to your typical, you know, family or single occupant as a typical landlord, it's going to be a lease agreement and all the rights that come along with that. Whereas, you know, the shared model, we're not leasing it. We're technically just licensing space to them. And then in the gold course, we have the same agreement that Andy uses. And Leah, I'm sure you're probably using something similar to that, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're not leasing to these tenants. So that is one big advantage compared to the two models. And I'm sure a couple of those will come up as we go on. So but back to Leah's story. <laughs> so found the, it was something you were interested in for a while, probably went down the rabbit hole online. Were you looking into like starting a licensed model, like a assisted living facility at one point? Yes. Yes. I was looking into that. It just was so much work. <laughs> and yeah. it's like it, to... The goal is still there to eventually have a licensed residential care home, but it's just that, you know, we have bills now. We have goals now that we try to accomplish things with, and it just was going to take too long. And this, I listened to a lot of podcasts and I was like, okay, I think I can do this. I think I can convince everybody else that if you want to help me out, we can do this. So, and it worked. Yeah, it worked. And I was just, I'm glad it did. But I heard so many other people talking about how successful they were. And that was very encouraging. And it was like, it wasn't made up in a sense. Like, you know, when you listen to some people sometimes and you see the commercials mm-hmm. and then it's kind of <laughs> like, is this real? <laughs> Can this, is this really happening? But like, you know, with having the gold course and then you also have the links there that'll lead you to like the live podcast or how to do this. And then having the Facebook group and then, you know, it's not, you know, just random people just saying what they want to say. It's like these are people who are actually applying what is provided in real life. And it was very encouraging. And, you know, I did it. And then because I wanted to do more, I was able to convince my husband. It was a podcast that came on with Orlando. And I don't remember Orlando because I have a son named Orlando. Mm -hmm. So Orlando, he had several group homes and I was telling my husband like you know yeah we're going down south I want us to have more you know the rent is a little different so you know for a house compared to up here in Jersey so I'm like we can definitely get more you know we can do more so it just was perfect timing with that podcast coming on me putting the bug in my husband's ear and then the done for you course came out and then I was like can we please (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it's discounted. It's the holiday. And then, you know, I think it was a Black Friday deal I got. <laughs> but you were, it, it you were one of the initial ones. So we really kind of wanted to get people in there and, and kind of test things out. And it worked. <laughs> so 
yeah, why don't we talk about that? What made you want to sign up for that? And I'll just uh, like a quick recap for the people listening out there. We have quite a few different products. We have the gold course that we've mentioned, which is like an online library with how-to guides and videos. It's a lot of info in there, right, Leah? A we lot. really try to get as much. It's If there's anything, there's too much stuff in there. We offer coaching for folks that just kind of want to you know, shortcut, we can assess your situation and say, all right, look, you need this, this, and this, do this, accomplish this, and we'll move on to the next call. The done for you deal, much higher level, higher tiered, more of a concierge type service where we actually do a ton of stuff digitally for you rather than tell you what to do and show you how to do it. We actually have our team do that for you. And that's what uh, Leah signed up for. So why don't you tell them kind of about that experience? You know, what made you want to do that? And then what kind of, why don't we break down kind of step-by-step what we did once you signed up for that? Okay. So as I mentioned before, hearing Orlando's story and um, multiplying with group homes, knowing that we could make a profit and it does work having the group home style living knowing I am going to be moving down south to North Carolina and the cost of living per se with the rental costs, that's pretty much what pushed us to want to do more, get more. We have the money to put in, fortunately. So my husband was like, okay, let's try for 10 to 12 in the year. And then with that being said, that's what you all said, that if you're serious and you want to do this, you know, do you want to have 10 plus group homes in a year? And it was kind of like, yes, I do. So we, <laughs> so that we signed up for the program because I do work um, still. And I, fortunately, I work from home, but it's still I couldn't devote that amount of time to look for potential partners that would or make the phone calls that I had to make on my own or scout out who in that area, because I didn't know a lot of people in that specific area. I just knew where I wanted to be. Like I knew I wanted to be in the Charlotte area and you all said you could help. So you asked what the target area was. It's Charlotte. You know, the coaching was there. The meetings were all set up and all I had to do pretty much was jump on, even though I was scared a lot of times. Mm -hmm. So I jumped onto the (laughs) meetings. The support was there you know, was able to connect with a lot of different people in the area. And then that's how, you know, one thing led to the next. You all told me what I should say when I'm trying to find a owner that would rent to me. So I went on like hot pads and just put like a little note in, in the message area. And I did that so many, so many different places. And then so finally one responded and then another one responded. And then I was able to rent from them. And I told them what I was doing. I told them that I had a group home. Well, no, I didn't say group home. I said I had a adult care business and I'm looking to expand. So they met with me. I have a cousin out there right now. So he said that he was going to be able to assist me in the sense of making sure he goes to the home to check on the home itself. Everything happened so fast. One of the contacts that I was given through your program, it just worked so well. They cater to young adults between 18 to 24. And pretty much they're like, when's your next home (laughs) about to open? Because they have so many young adults that need the service of having a place to live. And they pay actually for them to live there for up to a year. So it just, everything just worked out. And yeah, I'm, I'm just <laughs> the program done for you. If you don't have the time per se, it worked out for me. And it, it's just, and the information is still there. The whole setup of the website is just as wonderful. Yeah. The stuff we, it's kind of stuff that you could do on your own, but you'd have to chip away at it. Right. Like if you think about the team members that, that were working for you, Mm-hmm. You could, in theory, you could learn how to do all that stuff yourself. Then you could go find the same people and train them. But it's just going to be a much longer process, right? Right. So right. it would just immediately with someone like uh, Leah's situation, like, nope, you sit back, you go to work. Our team's going to go to work for you. 
And like you said, you just show up to the meetings. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's literally all you got to do in the beginning. And then I believe Johnny was the coach that was working with you too, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> so we'll have an experienced group home owner run the meetings for you in the beginning. I think that's the, we do a ton of like the technical stuff, but I think that's the coolest part of it. So you kind of mentioned that you were like nervous to get on the calls in the beginning. You see why we mm-hmm. always push you guys to do that, though, right? It's the bread and butter of it. So what, right. what was that like, you know, having one of our team members lead the meetings for you kind of while oh, you it, had to just kind of sit back and see how it was done? It was great because Johnny, he just jumped in. And then I think I had a conversation with you, Brandon, after there was one point when you kind of said, you got to do it by yourself. You can't do this. Oh, that's right. But, uh, yeah, we pulled the Band-Aid. <laughs> right, right, right. But I mean, yeah. like, just having Johnny go on and then pretty much he always would talk to me before the meeting and then talk to me after. And then if I had any questions or anything like that, he would always answer them. And it was wonderful. And I'm not even, I can't make that up. Like, it was just wonderful. It just worked out. I mean, I don't think it just because of me or who I am, it could work out for anyone if you want it. So, you know, just him coming on and be able to speak to whoever the potential person was or company was, mostly companies, it opened the door for people knowing of the arms of virus coming into town or, you know, what we were offering. And, you know, there was one woman I met. I remember she said, if I have 10 homes and you have 10 homes, that's still not going to solve the problem. There's so many people that are still in need of housing. And that was actually one of the things that motivate me a little bit more when I was thinking about not having a shared room. Because I've heard from so many people like, oh, this, you know, people are not going to want to stay in the same room with each other. But then it's kind of like, if you're in need, you're in need. And that has, even in this situation with the homes we have in North Carolina, we do have a shared room in each of the houses and there's people that are definitely in need and they were more than happy to take that bed. So. Yeah. Andy, we've talked about this. It kind of is a common, common issue. A lot of the organizations, they have vouchers and they have very large waiting lists. Uh, They're kind of waiting for the perfect situation. How do you and your team kind of handle that issue? Yeah. I mean, I I think the best, way to handle it is to ask them where are they living right now oh they're mm-hmm. living, they're living in the back of a car oh they're living on the street okay well do they want to continue living on a street do they want to continue living literally in a storage shed or would they rather sleep on a warm bed at night right so yep. you know and yeah maybe they're gonna have a roommate but right now beggars can't be choosers yeah, it's a way, and, and and again, we do this on the calls for you, but it's a kind of a professional way of saying take it or leave it. And yeah. it, are some people going to choose to stay in that car? Sure, possibly, <laughs> but you know, you don't. In the scheme of things, if you're talking with an organization, I don't know. Did we do any meetings with some of the large ones when they told you like how many people are on their wait list and like how many people they deal with per year, Leah? Yes. They're They're, huge, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if they got a thousand people that are on a wait list and they're waiting for like the perfect apartment, okay. (laughs) But, Mm -hmm. you know, you only need a small percentage of those folks that are okay with staying somewhere. Maybe it's for a transitional period. Maybe it's a longer term. Yeah, it'll typically work out. So, and you can attest to that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) What was it like when... So we did the first couple of meetings for you. You were nervous. You know, what was it like when you finally took over the meetings on, on their own? Was it tough? Were these people grilling you really hard? You know, did you have to, did anybody make you cry or were the meetings pretty simple? And They were pretty simple. I was taught to just talk first and <laughs> just tell them about what I'm doing, what I'm offering, just, you know, a little bit about what we have to offer first. And then Johnny kind of said, like, and then you ask, is there something that 
you're looking for, tell me a little bit about what you do. Maybe not exactly like that, but then that for the most part. Yeah. And then that was kind of like, is this going to work or not? You know, and then we kind of knew from there. And then, you know, definitely a lot of people were like, oh, that's awesome what you're doing. But, you know, this is what it is for them. So and then there's people like, is this too good to be true? Like the program I'm collaborating with right now, that is housing, you know, that are providing the people for my houses. You know, they're like, is this too good to be true? Because they've been waiting around for a place that would even house their youth that are pretty much homeless at the moment or not living in the best situations. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have any underlining clause or anything like that. You know, this is what it is. This is how much I charge as far as like room and moving fee, I mean, and this is what the room fee would be or the bed fee. And, you know, I'm not doing an extensive criminal background check and those kind of things. And, you know, it lifted them up in a sense and it it opened, it has opened doors for me in North Carolina in Charlotte area. And they told me recently too, that there's going to be, I think a lot of funding coming in, in the next couple of months. So they said, they're telling all their vendors, like, if you have the space, let us know, because they're going to be paying for like up to three years for someone. Yeah. It's a totally a relationship business. So, you know, once we get the foot in the door for you, as long as you're confident, you're professional, you're likable, hold up your end of the deal you know you're kind of in the in crowd now so you're going to be getting word of mouth referrals you're going to be hearing about the programs and things like that and it's awesome to see (laughs) Um, (laughs) and these relationships they can last you know for years and it's not just the shared housing right so Mm -hmm. andy why don't we talk about kind of what you've been doing like with the hotels and the apartments and things like that to kind of you know, Andy's to the point now where he can take on those people that just want single units. Why don't you touch on that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, it's an interesting situation. I mean, I really believe the hardest thing to do is just to get started. But mm-hmm. once you get started and you start helping people out, well, the next thing you know, you're naturally into the business. So you start buying real estate, you start developing relationships with bankers, you begin networking with a lot of these social services providers. And then they all know one another as well. So then they start introducing you to people in different cities. And then you might go and explore a new city and say, well, you know what? Let me try to buy some real estate up here. And you just keep meeting more people. And one, just these opportunities keep opening up. And that, that's that been my experience. And from the vast majority of people that I speak with that are either my age or a little bit older that have been successful, whether it's in this business or others, It's the exact same formula every single time. And um, yeah, so for me right now, I mean, what we've been doing, we've expanded to different cities. We've networked in with different social services providers. And typically, I'd say, you know, what we've been doing over the last couple of years, buying larger buildings, some of which are hotels, and then we're converting them to extended stays. Mm -hmm. And we're still working with a lot of these social service providers. And they're coming in and they're providing, sometimes you're talking about three years, we haven't found anybody that good, but they'll provide triple, quadruple deposits on people, which is really Mm -hmm. nice. So if if the payments are, for sake of argument, $700 a month, they might cut you a check for $3,500. And that starts adding up pretty quick. And you're helping people out so you can feel good about what you're doing. So Mm -hmm. we're doing a lot of stuff like that right now. That's amazing. So so that's kind of show you like the long-term possibilities, Leah. And you brought up Orlando. He's, you know, that's not the typical case. I think he even, he got things ramped up even quicker than Andy did. Yeah, (laughs) he did. Last time we spoke with him on the podcast, he was in the, um, you know, he had, I think it was like 10 properties similar to your model, but they were working on building like an apartment complex to meet like all the demand, which again crazy not your typical first year results but just to show the possibilities (laughs) so you had kind of touched on that i think it was related to that before the call kind of what you were wondering about so right now you have three properties correct yes 
one in New Jersey, two in North Carolina, and those you're all you're leasing all of those, correct? Right. Correct. Okay. So what, what was your question that you had for us before I kind of started the recording? So I just I wanted to know how to go about getting an apartment building or a house or okay. or a house not a housing building, just a building just to meet the demands of what's happening right now, you know, definitely can get the residents, but it's just a matter of, should I reach out to an investor? I just don't know how to go about doing that. I'll defer to you, Andy. You know, I would say if I'm in your shoes, try to keep as much of the real estate as you can. Now, as far as reaching out to an investor, you can definitely reach out to an investor and partner up with them. But first and foremost, I mean, I'd start looking for stuff, right? So I don't know, where are you looking? Are you looking in the Carolinas or whereabouts? Yes, in uh, the Carolinas, North Carolina. First thing I would do is just so you can start educating yourself. I'd go on to Crexi, which is like C-R-E-X-I, go on to LoopNet and just start networking with brokers, calling them up, saying, this is what I'm looking for. Now, if you're going to fund the whole thing yourself, you might have some limitations because the the only issue with apartment buildings, especially if you're looking for them in competitive markets, is that there's a lot of other people that are looking for them as well. So that's mm-hmm. number one. Number two, the people that are looking for them are looking for them not just with their own money, they're looking for them with other people's money. And as a result, they're willing to bid up the prices. So mm-hmm. stuff can get very expensive. And oftentimes it doesn't really even make sense to own them. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I like to do is try to find stuff in these kind of hidden markets where you don't have a lot of competition and get in there and, you know, look, if you can find something that will give you under normal non-group home rental, call it like a 12, 13, 14% unlevered rate of return. And if, if that doesn't really mean anything to you, basically high level, what that means is if you bought something for a million dollars, you're going to make $120,000 a year out of it. Okay. Now that's hard to find. It's very difficult to find because there's a lot of people that are looking for those deals. But again, if you go into smaller towns, there's going to be less people with money. And so you're going to have the ability to find these things. And then the real opportunity is trying to find the really good deals where you are going to have to go and get your fingers dirty fixing them up. But what you'll find is after you've fixed them up, that million dollars may produce you $200,000 a year. So I've said a lot, but long story short, number one, figure out what market you want to be active in, like exactly what city or what county you want to be active in. Number two, start looking for deals on Crexy or on LoopNet. And then what you want to do is you want to start calling those brokers. Because most of the time, these brokers, these guys are on the telephone all the time. And so they're calling people up and the good deals really never even go onto the internet, if that makes sense. Because they already know people. And so they're like, oh my gosh, I've got a girl that's looking for a deal. She'd be the perfect buyer. So like, for example, the other day, I'm on the phone all the time looking for stuff. And I had a guy that I've done a bunch of deals with. Brandon actually either knows him or knows of him. And he called me up. He said, hey, I've got 33 acres that you might be interested in and 190 units. Wow. And I was, I was like, I'm very interested. And anyways, I'm going to get it at a very, very, very good price. But it never went on the market. It's already under contract. So hopefully I'll buy it here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So I think that's what you really got to do. You got to find the city that you want to buy in. You got to go on a Crexy, go on a LoopNet. Start looking to see what stuff is being priced at and then start calling up those brokers and just forming relationships with them. So that's kind of step number one. And then step number two is you got to figure out how you're going to finance the thing. And so for sake of argument, if it's going to cost you a million dollars, you're going to need probably bare minimum 150 grand to just get in the door. So if you don't have that 150,000, then you are correct. You're going to need to start talking with partners. And Mm -hmm. so- that's something else that you can do. Obviously, you can start doing that on our Facebook group because there's plenty of people with money. But the other smart thing to do is just start mentioning it to people. Hey, I've got these group homes. This is what I'm looking to do. 
would you be interested in going 50-50 on a building with me? You provide the equity, I'll provide the work. Okay. And, you know, when Brandon earlier on, when he was saying, Andy, what are you primarily doing right now? That's kind of what I'm primarily doing. Like I've got younger partners and I usually find this stuff, I would say, but, you know, I don't want to run it anymore. I'm, you know, not that I'm old. I just, mm-hmm. it's a lot, as you know, it's a lot of work, right? So, mm-hmm. but I've got a couple of young guys and they're busting it for us. And so usually I'll provide the money and they get a piece of the action. And that's how we do things. That's great information. You kind of touched on it earlier, Andy, just about the importance of relationships and how that carries across from exactly what you did, Leah, you know, the relationships with the organizations or even with your partner, those skills that you learned can carry on to exactly what Andy's talking about now. And as he mentioned earlier, you know, all successful guys, they're going to mention this in some form of fashion, you know, whether it be networking or business partnerships or what have you. And that's why Andy gets calls like that because he has good relationships with brokers, you know, with wholesalers, right? They know that he's performed on so many deals. They know that if it's a deal and they need to close it quick, Andy's somebody that can take care of it. So you might not get those calls like immediately, but if you start performing for people, you know, you're stick to your word, you do what you're going to say, those skills can really carry you and, you know, eventually lead to success. So it's compound interest, right? I mean, if you can make 8% a year, over time, I mean, it starts adding up big time. And I think the same thing goes with trust and your integrity and just, yeah, being a good, easy person to do business with. I mean, when I do business with people, I'm not nickel and diamond. I'm, I just don't want to do that. I'm not trying to fight and scrap for every last dollar. And so I think people like doing business with me. I mean, like the guy that called me the other day on those 33 acres, he was like, he goes, Andy, I'd give you my checkbook. You know, here you go. Cause he knows, I mean, like he can trust me, but again, trust is built over time. It's not like it happens immediately. So mm-hmm. like Brandon was saying, you start performing, you do a good job running one group home. The next thing you know, the caseworkers start taking notice. They send you more clients. The next thing you know, you're full. They're calling you back up again, going, Hey, can you go get another house? And <laughs> that's kind of how this, this business works. They're giving you inside information on the programs that are coming up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leah, the, the, so you got three, the, the two properties in North Carolina, are they the same investor? No, <laughs> no. Are you dealing with the investors directly or are you dealing with the realtors? So I'm dealing directly with the owners of those two homes, two different owners. We have put out the money ourselves. One thing that was suggested with, from Johnny, he said, if you do have somebody that wants to invest because you, you'll you see people saying, oh, I want to invest with you because they see that you're actually doing what you, you say you're going to do. He said, if they put in like a thousand, you offer them, I think he said 10%, maybe return five to 10 off of that thousand. So I had a cousin that she's always down for whatever I say. And she just was like, come on, let's go out there. And we went out there and literally just buying everything that we need. Fortunately, we had, like I said, we had the extra funds and that's how we pretty much did it. We did that out of our own pocket, but we know trying to get a building is a little bit more, (laughs) a little bit more difficult, not difficult, but we definitely probably would have to get an investor for something like that. Have you spoke with the bank and see like what, what you approve, what you're approved for financing wise? haven't spoken with the bank yet the a mortgage a mortgage person i used she had said like if it's four units then it wouldn't be like a regular mortgage it would have to be like a um what did they say non-owner investment yeah but an investment loan so with that a realtor that i'm using out there she connected me with a couple of people that she knew, but one of the places that I actually found the person that she connected with me with said that that was a little too big, I think on for them. So just still, you know, I guess scouting around at the moment. How big of a place are you looking for? What would be ideal for you guys? 
So the one that we were really interested in, and I believe that we could have handled it, is a 12-unit, 24-bed yeah. home. So, well, not home, but it's like a flat ranch-style yeah. apartment. They had the management set up, but, you know, looking for a new owner. So the other thing that you're going to want to do is go take a look at that. For It's basically like a financing proposal. I want to say it's in the... It's in the main gold course, if I'm not mistaken, but that's going to be really, really, really beneficial for you. And, okay. you know, look, if you've got tax returns on your regular business, and I would recommend, I mean, again, there's so many ways of skinning the cat, right? So like if you're, if you're running your own business, a lot of people start, they just do what they do, right? They're going to kind of live out of their business. But what I would highly recommend doing is, you know, don't live out of your business, live out a separate account. Make sure you're paying all your taxes, you're showing income. And so that way the bank knows like this business actually makes real money. Once mm-hmm. you have two years tax returns, you go to the bank and say, look, my business is cash flowing. I'm doing really well. I want to expand it. The only way that I can expand is if I go buy, for example, that 12 unit apartment building mm-hmm. and you take them over that financing proposal and package that we've got in the gold course and you basically get pre-approved. Now, if you're going to be paying for sake of argument on 12 units, you know, that thing, I don't know. I mean, how much do you think that thing will cost you realistically? You mean how much they're going to be? Yeah. How much do you think that 12 unit building would cost? You mean what is the cost of it itself? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is it? Okay. I think it was 1200 Yeah. So you're going to need, you know, give or take a quarter million bucks. Um, and the bank will probably tell you that. But, you know, go in and that way you start getting pre-approved with a bank and you start talking to a couple banks and you can kind of negotiate with them and say, what would my interest rate be? So on and so forth. And then you you go out and you find your down payment, maybe from one investor, maybe from a couple of them. Okay. But definitely use that financing package that we've got in the gold course. It's called the uh, sample business plan and the important documents. Oh, okay. So <laughs> that's one of the, that's one of the hidden gems in there that. Not a lot of people actually get to that point where they're going to need it. You know, a lot of the mm-hmm. folks, they're using that gold course just to get things started, right? And they kind of take it and run with it. Mm-hmm. But that business plan, it's we needed to tweak it a little bit to make it a template and, remo- and remove personal info. But that's the exact document that Andy used to do this like a long time ago. And I was using that during the recession, during the 2008, 9, 10 Great Recession. When you basically couldn't get financing on anything. Well, I'm about to use it now. (laughs) One of the keys I would say is, uh, and I know Andy's mentioned this to me, but so kind of taking words out of his mouth, but go with a local bank. Okay. Like, I think you went to a local credit union, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I like going to the local banks. Now, interestingly enough, my operator, who I was just on the phone with, I mean, he's been really successful going to a lot of these mortgage brokers because some of these mortgage brokers, they're like, you know what, as long as you've got decent credit, they don't even make you show your tax returns. It's incredible. So now how long would that last for? It's difficult for me to say. But yeah, start looking for some mortgage brokers, talk to them, and then start talking to some credit unions. The other thing is, look, if you do put something under contract and you think you have a deal, Call us, call Brandon and I up. There's a lot of options for you where you don't necessarily need to go to a third party to get equity financing. You might be able to get seller finance. And so mm-hmm. the bank will fund 80% and the seller will fund the other 20%. And you come up with zero money out of pocket. Oh, Man, wow. These deals do happen. And you, actually- you have the cash flowing business right now, Leah, which is leverage oftentimes. Yep. Which not a lot of people can say. Yeah. I would suggest if you're not doing it already, I always tell all of our clients this, especially, you know, if they're looking to find landlords to landlords to work with, or even just kind of get their feet wet when it comes to real estate investing, just start networking with local people. My what I did was uh meetup groups. You just go to meetup.com, type in real estate look for uh, in-person meetings and just go hang out. You don't even just be a fly on the wall if you're nervous, <laughs> <laughs> but and just start talking to people, you know, letting them know what you do, 
We have a little elevator pitch that you can use inside the gold course if you need to. But yeah, and that's where you're, you know, you'll meet other investors, you'll meet wholesalers where you could, you know, look for off-market deals. You'll meet people that Andy touched on OPM, other people's money. They okay. will be like groups of people that are just kind of looking for passive investments, like, you know, kind of common profile to look for, are like maybe lawyers, doctors. There's a lot of folks like that that get together and they start these investor investment funds. And they're okay. looking for, you know, people like you that are like the boots on the ground to just, you know, lend money to, which is kind of similar to what Andy does at this point. You've heard him mention like his, the operators, right? It's similar issue or, you know, situation, but yeah, you've, it was a trek to get the group homes running. A lot of people think that that's the destination as you're probably learning now, like, no, you've, you've just begun. Now you need to learn Mm -hmm. how to be a real estate investor. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) Yeah, you know, we can kind of touch on things and give and kind of touch on the basics. A lot of the stuff might have gone over your head or seems like it's a lot, but just, you know, slowly as you start to learn this stuff, it'll, it'll all make sense. Just like the group home stuff did. Right. I was taking my notes. Good. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you have questions on that stuff, feel free to uh, reach out anytime. But Andy, Andy gave you some gems to kind of start with for sure. I and- appreciate it. And again, you know, this is why we kind of, we tell people we go so hard in the beginning to like, look, just get started. You know, if you don't have a group home yet and you guys have never even picked up the phone and spoken with a caseworker yet, don't even worry about looking for multifamily properties and pitching your local bank. They're not going to speak with you. (laughs) You know, you need to get walking before you can start running for sure. And that's kind of where you're at now, Leah. Yeah. So I'm excited. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, like I said, you know, you just kind of started this adventure. So are you still working like the regular job or are you just kind of focusing on, on this stuff now full time? No, I'm still working my regular job. It comes with benefits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many of these do you think you would have to have up and running before you started to kind of switch over to the full t- to do this full time? Is that even a goal for you? Yes, it's a goal for me. I know it's a goal for my husband before me, uh-huh. um, but I didn't really have like a end date. I think it's more so like I really, so I want to accomplish having at least 12 group homes within this year. And then we are already trying to purchase a home that would eventually turn into a residential care home. And then I'm going to start looking into you know, the sample business plan that you have for the financing so that in the process of this year, then at least I can have that proposal and continue to look into the things that Andy said. And from there, then hopefully, I don't know, I had set a goal for myself at the age of 50. I'm going to stop working. I got like eight more years. Mm -hmm. So, but that's, you know, if it comes before, then I'll stop before. Look, if you got 12 of these rocking and rolling, I don't know. I think it, it might be tough for you to like go punch in at the regular job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's only been a couple months since you started working with us and you got three properties rocking and rolling. I will typically ask, hey, what's the future look like? But you just answered that. So the goal now is 12, 12 properties, right? And then mm-hmm. maybe looking into like a larger facility. Is that like the next one to two year goal, do you think? Yes, definitely. Beautiful. Well, I look forward to seeing it. Did you have any other like questions or topics that you wanted to pick Andy's brain about? I think that pretty much, like I said, I took notes off of everything he was saying and that's where we're headed. That's you a know, lot to follow up with right now. <laughs> <laughs> so... I mean, I'll probably just, uh, like I said, I'm going to look at the proposal, the sample business plan mm-hmm. of the financing proposal that's there. And, you know, I have to put the work in and look at what you guys have already have already done. And then when I have a question, I'll, I'll definitely reach out. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, we can't wait to see 
how big you could take this thing. Do you have any parting words for the listeners out there? You can do it. Just go for it. <laughs> That's a very common <laughs> one, right? Just get started. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. Where can folks find you? They can find me the arms of Iris House at gmail.com or the arms of Iris house.com. And you mentioned the Facebook group. Are you active in there as well? Yes, I'm active in there. So for the folks that are listening and not quite sure what we're talking about, we have, if you go to our products page, we have the gold course, which is the initial you know, online course. And with that, at the time of recording, that includes access to a private Facebook group with other folks that have purchased the gold course. And there's over 2000 members in there from all, you know, different backgrounds, locations, and just kind of stages in their career, whole bunch of experienced group homeowners, and a whole bunch of beginners all helping each other out. So that is a beautiful community, super helpful. At this point, you could probably learn everything you need just within that Facebook group by using that search function and asking questions. So definitely check that out. If you guys are not on our mailing list or haven't gotten the free training material, head to www.grouphomeriches.com to sign up for the free course. That's going to be emailed to you, just uh, videos and some content there to answer like the general questions, kind of tackle a lot of the most common misconceptions out there that a lot of folks have. And if it does seem like something that you're serious about, reach out to us. Let us know if you have any questions, bare minimum, grab that gold course. Andy, do we still have you on the call, sir? I am here. I had to jump off real quick, but I'm back. Cool. Do you have any parting words for the folks out there? No, I think just be inspired. I mean, listen to what Leah's done. And if this is something that you guys want to do, take action. Just go do it. And don't twiddle your thumbs. You just got to go and do it. Yep. Take action. That's the main thing. And just try to do it as quickly as possible. And don't try to learn and know everything all at once. Right. You guys are not going to retain all of this real estate investment mm-hmm. stuff. And the typical kind of first thing that we tell people is just, hey, just reach out to some local caseworkers, some nonprofits, get comfortable speaking with them, find your referral sources, get confident, get the need, you know, feel like, you. all right, I need to get a property now. <laughs> and then you go start shopping. Or get, the, get the momentum going. You got to yeah. have momentum in life. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. does not cost a lot of money. You know, if you're check to check, you don't have money to purchase a property, don't start the networking, get your referral sources lined up, and then we'll help you deal with landlords like mm-hmm. Leah did. Right. So, right. and yeah, if you guys have any questions, do not hesitate to reach out to us. We're very accessible. We want to see as many successful students as possible out there. So, Leah, thank you so much for coming on, uh, telling your your inspirational story. And we look forward to doing a part two here Mm -hmm. when you are soon a savvy real estate investor. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so (laughs) much. Andy, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right. Have a great day, guys. You too. Thank you. Bye.